0: mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I'm here for round two with Colette Stoller of Roo and She is an athlete that I've been working with through her pregnancy and postpartum. If you have not listened to the episode we recorded towards the end of her pregnancy, I always do this where I'm like, yeah, we we recorded an episode and then I never remember what number podcast it was, but go find it. Um, (laughs) We'll probably link it in the show notes. You can check out that podcast episode. And today we're going to be having a conversation around what her postpartum has looked like so far. So Colette, thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good. Uh, I'm 17 weeks postpartum and my baby Scotland, my little girl is going to be four months this weekend, which is crazy because time has really flown by super quickly. Uh, And I kind of wanted to stop, but at the same time, I'm I'm watching the progression and loving it, but also like stop time, please. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: know. It's crazy. And four months, there's really just like, I feel like that's a time where you really turn a mental and physical corner yourself, but then like our babies do too. They go from being just kind of like squishy newborns to like a real, like a real baby.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I think there's a bit of an independence happening in both Mm -hmm. mom and baby right now. Probably it's supposed to happen that way is my guess. (laughs) But yeah, she's moving, she's rolling. And I have definitely turned a corner. I would say around week 14 was like a big, turn for me.
0: Yeah. Getting out of that fourth trimester is so huge. And knowing that it's really hard to like, not want to like rush through it mentally or physically try to like, you can't really out-train that season. You just have to be in it. And so why do we talk about that? First, tell me about what your birth experience was like.
1: Yeah. So I was nearly two weeks late going into things. I think we did our podcast around like 36 weeks and I was like, it could happen any day. Well, it didn't. Um, right. I was due in March. It happened in April and I had about two weeks of false labor, which was really challenging mentally. Right. Uh, um, so that was really challenging. But when I finally did go into labor, I stayed in labor for a really long time. So I had uh, 38 hours of labor that was no joke. Um, and it was a challenge for sure. I went 24 hours unmedicated and my my goal, but it wasn't a strict plan. Um, my goal was to go unmedicated. And once I was 24 hours into that, my doctor just said, you know what, like we were not planning a 24 hour plus labor. I support you in whatever you wish, but I think that you need some rest and I would recommend you get an epidural at this point. And I fought it for sure because I'm stubborn. But then eventually I gave in and I was like, "Why did I wait so long? This is amazing." <laughs> so, after that, it was really smooth sailing and I was just able to labor in bed and not really feel much. Um and then at I believe it was 3 p.m. on April 6th, she came into this world.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel? Or how did you feel, I should say, like well, right after birth.
1: I, uh, I mean, listen, I would, I think I'm a really tough person physically birth rocked me. Yeah. It was really challenging on me mentally, physically. I mean, I, I didn't know that standing and walking or at that point, early, early, early postpartum shuffling because I wasn't really walking Mm -hmm. was going to be so challenging on me physically. You know, prior to giving birth, I thought I'm in really good shape. I'm an athlete. I'll rock this. And I think I did. And it was still a really tough recovery. I think my expectation was off, um, but I didn't know what to expect. And yeah, it was, it was a lot.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting is like, you know, we, we like almost talked through different scenarios of expectations, right? Like all through our pregnancy, but really having like a flexible approach and like really fluid mindset around this, this and that. And yet it's almost like our innate athlete brain just still drives our expectations. And like, I know that, that how I'm feeling is valid and I'm still caught off guard. Even though like, yes. I know that this is still within the realm of like normal and expected, even for people like me.
1: Oh yeah. That was, that was a really big challenge. I have to say you were a massive help and my sister was a massive help of like, yeah, it's okay. It And my sister even shared with me that it took her like two weeks to be able to walk. So it's okay.
0: I mean, God, you have a baby come out of your vagina. Like, are we serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you really yeah. think about that, like it is... Incredible what the human body does. I mean, it's such a like significant physiological process, regardless of how the baby comes out. But Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot that happens. Did you have any like tearing or any kind of
1: anything like that? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about it. So, the labor was really tough, the actual pushing stage was a big challenge, but I think it went a lot smoother than. The actual labor did. Mm -hmm. So I pushed for less than an hour and I had one stitch that I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, After she came out, I had a grade one tear. Mm -hmm. And so it was very minor. However, like I still felt it for sure in the healing process. Um, I could still feel it. And now, um, fast forward almost four months, I'm still doing scar massage to help break up that tissue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People, I think oftentimes think, well, I had an uncomplicated birth, mm-hmm. right? And I think oftentimes a birth like yours would be totally put in that category when talking in general, right? Like yeah. it's an uncomplicated birth and yet birth in and of itself is super freaking complicated and is a big deal and requires a lot of intention to really recover knowing we're prioritizing pelvic health and your long-term athletic performance. So you've been so proactive with acknowledging, you know, my body's gone through a lot and it's going to take a lot to really recover.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that is, I, I think it's like my blessing and my curse because I'm so hyper aware of it that then I'm like, Oh no, am I, I'm a little neurotic about it. And you know, this, like, I want to make sure that everything is perfect. Thus I've brought like a little bit of anxiety into things of like, am I doing too much? Am I going to hurt myself? Oh no. Am I going to reverse my progression? There was a lot of, I still struggle with that, but I think I'm getting a little bit better with it to know like things can happen. Hiccups can happen and you're not going to reverse your progression and your healing process. It's just part of the healing process and your body giving you feedback on things.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's not linear and I'm, I think I'm going to just like use your words against you next time we're on one of our calls <laughs> <laughs> and we're like in anxiety land about a movement or your readiness. Uh, so I just will like pull this clip and I'll just play it for you. But, um, cool. you know, you, <laughs> you've, I think you've done a really great job because I have seen, you know, you went from having like a really kind of rigid belief system around your fitness and that being part of your identity aesthetically um, with your abilities, all of that to just really surrendering and setting that ego aside, letting your body do what it was going to do during pregnancy, keeping an open mind around birth and now postpartum, you've done a really great job of like truly trusting that process. And when we first met, I was like, all right, postpartum is gonna be a big challenge for this one. Like, that's what I assumed. (laughs) Like, I really was like... She's going to want to be going like full send within a couple weeks after birth, kind of driven by that. You want to feel like yourself again. You want to like have that like dopamine hit of, I can see the results or I can feel the results of like my training and just get it again, like that dopamine fix of a hard workout or feeling like yourself again. And you've done such a great job of just trusting the boring, frustrating process that it really is kind of in the beginning of just okay this is a new reality and you just have to kind of sit in it and you don't sit and stay in it you sit and take little steps out of it right where you you know you're kind of turning into a new version of yourself but also there's a lot of grief and mourning in that and I think you've done a really good job of acknowledging all of it
1: thank you it definitely has been a process um And I will say that I I felt okay taking it very easy in the beginning because it was such a healing process for me. Like, I didn't want to go out and run or lift. Like, I knew innately that my body was not ready for that and that I needed to heal. When I started to feel a little bit better and started to incorporate things, I think that's when I got a little... Frustrated and annoyed with the process because I was like, I don't want to do breathing techniques. I want to lift. Like, this is boring to me. But I also knew that there was a greater purpose. So, you know, you can't, you don't start just like squatting 200 pounds. You have to build up to it. And I knew I needed to build up to things because my core and my mind just were not coordinated any longer. Like, yeah. something had happened in the birth process where I needed to re acclimate. sorry, I paused because I believe my baby's coming in to feed. Hello. <laughs> yes,
0: another Guys, this is, difficult this podcast another in my life. <laughs> if it's not <laughs> Chance coming in here being like, "Mommy." <laughs> hi.
1: Hello, Scotland oh, hi, everybody. Scotland. She's joining. Hi, baby. Hey, girl. <laughs> so sweet.
0: Baby's I hungry.
1: Love her Thank you. Oh my God, She's so cute. She's storing nuts for winter in those cheeks.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I love, I love the chubby cheeks. I miss Chan. Well, Chan still kind of has his chubby cheeks.
1: (laughs) Hi, What's wrong? Sorry guys. We didn't didn't see anything
0: here. And I think anyone listening to this podcast, they haven't been there themselves and they're certainly going to be around it.
1: (laughs) Hey little muffin. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Sorry we're latched.
0: Oh, there you go, girl. Yeah. I think you've just done a really good job of like, yes, boring and, um, frustrating and kind of getting that itch to want to do more. And then I also know that that season was literally so short for you because it feels like the next week you were like, wait, I'm doing this, but with like, some uh, like some dumbbells now or a barbell now, and it feels so much better and it feels so much more familiar and like it's clicking again. And that's so helpful. Yeah. And I think like we have to um, acknowledge that that sometimes it's going to feel unfamiliar until it doesn't because then it's put into familiar movement patterns and when you've trained during pregnancy you know um you know especially like you do you did the pregnant athlete training program like you have that those fundamentals built in already and yeah. so when, when you go through pregnancy with those fundamentals postpartum the cobwebs kind of like go away once you start putting it into like movement that feels familiar. And, um, I think you did a really great job of that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I think it was yesterday or a few days ago, I was talking to you about that, how I felt like all of the work while I was pregnant, all of the workouts and and breathing made a huge difference when it came to postpartum recovery. Yeah. And you've said like, you don't train for birth. And I believe that you don't train for birth. You're training for really postpartum because yep. when it came time to introduce movement again, I felt so much more comfortable. There was muscle memory there. It right. was just really about like connecting the mind and the body when it came to breathing, when it came to core contraction after that was turned off for so many months.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you've made a lot of progress. So then, you know, around probably a little over a month postpartum, you started the postpartum athlete training program. And those first couple of weeks are really just foundational. It's like getting your brain moving again, but then it like gives you a little like glimpse of something that feels familiar. Like it's like a circuit and you're like, yeah, I'm moving. I'm like kind of even sweaty right now. This is so nice. <laughs> and then like you start to progress more into weights and more structured um, strength conditioning, but just, you know, appropriate for a postpartum body. And I know that's when you started getting excited again. You were like, this feels really good good to do this and to move your body. I think like a huge growth line for you has been enjoying exercise, not for the intensity and not for the aesthetic driver. And I've seen that like, yeah, you like learned to enjoy exercise for what it like actually is instead of what all of us have been so hyper-focused on for so long, which is performance Anesthetic
1: byproduct. 1,000%. That came up for me in a workout the other day. And I was like, I'm just really enjoying myself like for the art of movement. I think when I first started coming back into movement, I brought with me a gratitude that hadn't been there before because I realized what the human body did, what my body did for me to grow a human, to grow the person that I love most in this world. Like I'm so obsessed with Scotland and I'm so in love with her. And my body did that. Like, how cool is that? And it's not just about, okay, my, my body lifted how much weight? It's like, it, that's cool and all, but it, there's so much more that my body is capable of. And I'm here for it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I fell in love with movement when I was a little girl. I always loved sports. And then somewhere along the way, it turns into more of a achievement factor, Yep. Okay, I'm achieving this. I am getting first place. I'm going to, you know, collegiate athletics, uh, blah, blah, blah. Like you can name accomplishments. And then that starts to be how you identify with yourself, even something that you were so in love with and passionate about becomes, I mean, tainted in a way. Yeah. Because you're obsessed about the byproduct. Um, and then along the way, also, I have dealt with like an eating disorder and body image issues. And so something that I love so much. Was also mixed in with something that was a little detrimental to my, not a lot detrimental to my mental health. And, you know, pregnancy and postpartum also brought up a lot of that type of control factor. But there was, since there was a greater purpose with my daughter, you know, I wasn't going to starve myself. I needed to give myself the nutrients to be able to feed her. And I think that changed the way I looked at food forever. Like to be able to know that what I do to my body and the way that I think about my body has a direct effect on her. It changed everything during pregnancy. And now during postpartum, like, sure, I was very frustrated, as you know, about having a belly still for many weeks and months. And, but I knew like, there's no point in dieting. That is like a negative word right now. You need to fuel your body to feed your baby. Mm -hmm. because I don't want it to affect like my breast milk or anything like that. So it just, it really put my entire vision and and thought about my body, about movement, about food in a totally different plane of thought. And I'm like so grateful for it.
0: Hey everyone. I want to tell you about a live event I'm doing on November 5th and 6th in Phoenix, Arizona. So Brett Bartholomew and I will be hosting an event for coaches, practitioners, and aspiring professionals and entrepreneurs who are really looking to distinguish themselves and what they do. This event is called Brand Builder. So for two whole days, there'll be undivided attention on who you are, what you do, and how you can get it out into the world, and then scale it in a way that feels right and sustainable for you and your lifestyle. Business strategy is not something that is often taught, especially for anyone in the fitness industry. And I know how overwhelming it can be to figure out the next right steps for you. At this event, you're going to be surrounded by really motivated professionals and that's going to provide an incredible network to learn from and with. We can't wait to share what we learned in our own businesses and provide you with practical, actionable steps to improve the way you show up and lead. Learn more using the link in our show notes.
1: It really put my entire vision and and thought about my body, about movement, about food in a totally different plane of thought. And I'm like so grateful for it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know that's been a huge point of conversation with us throughout pregnancy and postpartum. And I think even just naming it, because if you're able to say like, yeah, pregnancy and postpartum totally magnify body dysmorphia and eating disorder tendencies, like it is not uncommon. I would say it's far more common than it isn't. And that's with, I mean, I've worked with thousands of athletes. This is, it is such a common experience, but there's a lot of kind of taboo and shame around it because now there's a baby attached and you're Mm -hmm. looking at like, oh, well, it's selfish to care about this and that. And it's still just a mind fuck to see your body change and to have it look so dramatically different afterwards and then be tempted to do something about it. Like, well, I got to like eat less. I need to do this more and, you know, just sort of get obsessed on that end of the spectrum. And I know I did that with my first baby and I shared that with you um, mm-hmm. and a huge point of regret, but also like it started a business. So I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> I don't like actually regret it that much. It, it, it all turned out. Okay. But is that I was so consumed by that stuff that it just robbed me of really important, like of just a really important season in my life of, you know, just kind of like trying to rush the process of to feel like myself again, to look like myself again, and to, you know, there was so much like worth attached to what I looked like and what I could do. And I'm so glad all of that is behind me because it's, you become so much more liberated as an athlete. And more, most importantly, as a mom, like I not want my boys seeing their mom be consumed by that shit, like obsessed yes. with having to hit a certain deadlift number or run a certain mile time or be a certain size. Like, that's never what I wanted. And I knew that it just took a lot of time to say, ah, oh, okay, we got to like reassess how I'm going about this. It's no longer serving me. And I never want it to be like that again.
1: Yeah, I think you sharing your own story really helped me put it in perspective when I was going through it. And I also knew that one, that way of thinking is exhausting for the person thinking it. Like you were probably exhausted thinking all that. I was exhausted thinking this way. Well, I don't want her to see that. I don't want my daughter to grow up being like, oh, I really want pizza tonight, but mommy doesn't want to have it with me because X, Y, and Z. It's like, I want to be present. I want to be there. And I want want to be a good role model for her because kids will feed off of that. They will understand it. And I knew that like, I had to cut the shit at this point. Like I had to come to terms with things and, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but, and it's still a process, but I can also recognize that when that thought comes up, I am not that thought. I can recognize that thought and I can say, see you later. Right. And deal with it in a healthy way.
0: Absolutely. And it is, it's so liberating to just like, you know, there's just so many things that food I have in my house that I would have never had in my house before, but I got two boys. Like we go to Costco every week. Like it's like <laughs> snack life these days. And I know it's only going to get crazier, but to know that like we remove like any kind of toxic language around food or body or exercise, like that is not in my household. And I am so glad. And like, now that I have, you know, kids in grade school, it's like, I can hear his friends talk about stuff sometimes. And I'm like, man, God, it's just discouraging that like, there's just so certain connotations around food and bodies and, you know, exercise and they do, we're all doing our best. And we have to just be really hyper conscious of our own shit so that we can keep ourselves in check so that what they see is exercise and bodies and food in a really powerful light.
1: Yes. 1000%.
0: So let's get back to uh, where you're at now. You worked through the eight week postpartum athlete training program and made a lot of progress. You're in pelvic floor, physical therapy, rehabbing a diastasis. This diastasis is not one that I am concerned about, but she is still working to improve it and being really cautious of her pelvic floor because she tends to have I'm really hypertonic, which just means like tight and overactive pelvic floor. It's really hard for that to like relax and not hold tension, which is most athletes I work with type a athlete brains. We're always kind of like, like a little extra tense, (laughs) even when it's like, you need to relax. Like, Oh, okay. What does that mean? How does one do
1: that? (laughs) Yeah.
0: What exactly, what exactly do you mean by relax? So, I mean, in that obviously shows up in pelvic health a lot of times for athletes is they're constantly grippy of their glutes or their abs. And then that ties in their pelvic floor, which ties in, um, some pelvic floor symptoms a lot of the times, especially during a vulnerable season, like pregnancy and postpartum. So that's just some context there, but you're making a lot of great progress in PT. I
1: am. Uh, I had, you know, as I said before, a lot of anxiety in those like first six weeks of uh, what happened to my body? Is my body okay? Do I have a diastasis? Uh, is my pelvic health okay? Like all of yeah. these questions that you can't really have answered until you get to that like four to six week. point. And once I went to pelvic therapy at uh, six weeks, she did an internal exam, which is, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. They should really buy you a drink first because yeah. Yeah, someone...
0: basically just go and get fingered and you're like, I haven't even had sex yet, but here we are, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So for all of you that haven't gone, they basically like put a finger in and watch you do a Kegel, like yeah. up close and personal. And yeah. So
0: <laughs> yeah, was I recorded a podcast with a PT all about that. It's like one of the early episodes, like within the first probably 10 episodes of this podcast, I recorded an episode on what to expect when you go to pelvic floor PTs so that you have that. So go check out that episode as well with Carrie Pagliano.
1: So. I think it's so important to go to pelvic floor physical therapy. And I don't know why it's not mandatory yeah. because you learn so much about yourself and your health. And I think what I'm learning in pelvic floor physical therapy is helping me become just a better, all uh, stronger person, mother, athlete. Mm -hmm. I can bring that knowledge into training in the future. And I've been able to take things slow so that when I want to move fast in the future, I can move fast in a healthy way. And that my core and my pelvic floor are supported and I'm not doing anything um, that will give me symptoms for life. You know, like we hear a lot of people say like, Oh, I can't jump on a trampoline after I had kids. And I'm like, why? Like we probably should get that checked out. And like, We can jump on trampolines and we can run and we can do the things that make us feel like ourselves um, if we get the support we need. So when I first went at six weeks, I had about a hands-width diastasis. And after just learning how to contract my TVA, the next week I went, I had a two-finger separation, which is pretty drastic from week to week, just learning how to connect that mind and body again. Um, And now I have no separation. So that's pretty powerful to see that week after week. And it's not by taking it easy or not doing anything. It was by actually challenging those muscles. And I think that was something I didn't realize that needed to happen. I didn't know you needed to challenge the core like that in order to, you know, strengthen and uh, help the tissue heal. Exactly. I learned so, like, that exercise
0: better. is absolutely a tool, and that's why like we try to integrate a lot of those core strategies into movement because that is what helps that progression of healing a diastasis, improving pelvic floor symptoms, um, and making a lot of progress there. You can do that, and now you're at the point with your diastasis where we got to add challenge because it's it's been too easy now, and we got to get over that like mental um, mental block of like. Ooh, am I going to make it worse? And like, you are not going to make it worse. (laughs) So how you will make it worse by not challenging it at a certain point, you build, 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 and you kind of get to like a nice steady place with it. And then you have to introduce more challenge. And that's, you know, you're doing a really great job with that. And I'm going to keep pushing you. And that's, that's where we're at right now at four months postpartum and everybody's timeline looks different on this. Like it can take others a year to get to the point where you're at right now with a diastasis. And so I think that's an important piece to acknowledge on this episode too, is that the postpartum healing timeline looks different for everybody. And what constitutes healing also looks different for everybody. Healing does not mean your abs are totally approximated. That means it means that the, the tissue, the health of the midline tissue is better can hold more tension. And it means that maybe your abs have approximated a bit more, but you can still have separated abs and have like a really functional diastasis and not have it be a problem. And I think that as we talk about healing and pelvic health and diastasis and with this postpartum return to like training looks like it, just knowing that it looks different for everybody and that healing is totally relative, is a really critical point.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. And you will be happy to know that I ran a little bit this morning for the first time.
0: Yeah, so that's another thing that um, there was like a mental blocker and I was like, look, we need to, she had an internal assessment earlier this week. Everything is like looking good. So her readiness there is good. And she's built up doing some plyos and a lot of like solid strength so that her body is ready for impact. Um, You don't just like have a baby and go out on a three mile run. I know that's what a lot of people do. That's not uh, my suggestion, Um, but really getting to a point where her body is ready to produce force and absorb force, but for short bouts at a time. That's like a handful of box jumps or jump squats or like run walks and really just trying to build that capacity for the pelvic floor first and then cardiovascular Cardiovascularly, cardio later. <laughs> <laughs> Words are so hard. I've been really struggling this week, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I didn't even just have a baby. It's fine. I just have kids that keep <laughs> hanging out with me in the middle of the night. I'm like, why are you doing? I'm going to sleep with you, Billy. Really? Okay. But it's okay. Um, it's okay. Yeah, that's the point. Motherhood. That you're at. <laughs> it is. It's just, there's always something. Someone always needs something. <laughs> yeah, always at all hours. You just never know. Yeah. I mean, again, you're doing a great job. And I think like having a really transparent conversation around what it's looked like thus far has been super powerful and it's good for people to know that, um, this is what it kind of looks like behind the scenes of all of our Instagrams, right? <laughs> like what it's, mm-hmm. what it's really like.
1: I think, yeah, I, you hit the nail on the head when you said that like every postpartum experience is different. The healing process is so different. I mean there were points in time and Brianna knows this but like I mean I started crying during workouts. That I just felt really like an out of body experience like like the body I was dealing with was broken um even if I knew that the, that reality that was not a reality it's just that's how it felt and of course there's postpartum hormones and there's lack of sleep and a lot that is going on in that season and I think women are forced or feel like they need to say everything is fine. It's okay to say everything is not fine. Right. Like I remember I'm grateful that I had you as a support system. I had my sister, um, to say, I'm not okay. And like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to like, I think it's good to have a conversation with your partner ahead of time as well to say, you know, let's keep an eye out for things. Um, so i was very fortunate that my partner was able to like sit down with me and um discuss what was going on and and take on some loads so that i could have even if it was just like an hour to myself outside um but take the time that you need get the help that you need i talked to a therapist about this as well and i think that one thing that helped me and i'm hoping it can help others is giving yourself uh personal time like me time is something that's probably last on your list because you have a baby to take care of and you're healing yourself. But if you could carve out some time with your partner, um, that you can just treat yourself to, and I'm not talking about just like a shower, like that is a, a basic human need and it won't happen every day, but like, I'm talking about a little bit more than that. Like something that makes you feel like you, whether it's reading a book, going for a walk, getting a pedicure, like just treating yourself. And doing little things like that really helped me build my mindset that it just helped me heal on another level, not just physically, but mentally.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so critical and it's hard to, I mean, we can athlete brain ourselves through it all. Like I'm fine. I don't need anything. I can do this. Just like really want to like push through. And yet like that doesn't really serve the holistic part of like what we need to be a healthy, happy human who's high functioning for our kids and for ourselves and for our future.
1: Yeah. Because you can, when you are showing up for yourself, you show up for your kids in a different way. Right. right. And that's what they want ultimately.
0: All right. And it's so easy to be burned out and exhausted and like, you can love your baby and still be like, I cannot be around them right now. (laughs) Somebody needs to help me. I need some space.
1: Yes. So Brianna and I are giving you, (laughs) Brianna and I are giving you permission
0: if you're listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anything else you want to say? I think that was such an awesome point to, to capture there.
1: I mean, I think the postpartum period is not linear. It gets really, really challenging at times. I'm not saying that everyone will have it hard, but it's okay if you do. And I think it's okay to talk about. And I think the more we talk about it and the more we normalize it, the better others will feel about talking about it and not feeling ashamed if you feel sad, not feeling ashamed if you're crying when you're like, oh, but I should be grateful because I have this wonderful baby. Yeah, you can be grateful and you can still be sad. Yeah. Um, I think a real challenge for me was grieving past identities. And talking to you about that really helped me because I didn't know that was a thing. Right. before having a baby. There are so many past identities that you really grieve the loss of right. in that postpartum period. So not only are you learning how to take care of a human and healing your body from a major physiological experience, but you're also learning who you are for the first time, right. in a whole other realm. And so there's a lot on your plate in the fourth trimester. So it's okay to say like, I need help and I need support. Right. And it takes a village in a lot of ways.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing so much of your process. I know it's really valuable for other people to just hear these conversations. If they're not having these conversations with their own friends, I know it's valuable to sit in on this and have a conversation with, I know, I've been there, you're currently there and, you know, it just keeps evolving as time goes on.
1: It does. And it gets better.
0: It does. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time. We'll talk soon.
1: Thank you, Brianna.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance for myself and my co-coach Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will uplevel your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum become who you needed, and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you. And please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work.